Okay. Welcome, everyone, to another Wednesday night shiur. Rabotai, tonight, I'd like to discuss a interesting topic, and I'm going to start off with a question. And that is, why did Hashem put all the holidays in one shot, in one shebang? You heard that question, Yvobi Tone? It's a great question, right? You have all of a sudden, you have Rosh Hashanah. Yeah, first of all, you have Elul. You have Rosh Hashanah. You have Yom Kippur. You have Yom Kippur. You have Sukkot. You have Rosh Hashanah. You have Sumat Torah. You have Shemiyat Zeret. One month, no work, no money. It's a wild thing. Do you realize what's going on? Did you ever have anything where you have all the highs in one shot? Boom, 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 boom. While we're pure, we can keep climbing. Ooh. You know what he's Oriad saying? Very nice, Oriad. He's saying that what? That at the end of the day, he's giving his dance off the cuff, saying, while we're hot, while we're, while we're rolling, while we're climbing, we might as well shoot more and more and more and more and more. Let's get to the, to the, to the, to the, to the, to the Shemaim. I like that. We're going to tell you more as well, to connect that as well. And that is, the answer to this question, I'm going to connect now, Sukkot, up until now, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, we all know it makes sense. Why does it make sense? It makes perfectly sense, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, to be back to back. Why? Because at the end of the day, that was all coming back to Hashem through fear. If you look, go, go take a look. Up until now, it was all through fear. Hello, wake up early. Rosh Hashanah, Pachad, Yirah. Yom Kippur, fast. You know, I say in Mechubah, every day is connected another day. You have to be very careful what you say. Don't eat this, don't eat that. Everything is very, very, very uh, particular. Now you come, you come Sukkot. What does it say? It says it's Zman Simchatenu. The Zman, the time of pure Simcha, pure happiness. It goes on to say that the God Mevilda used to bring down who is the hottest mitzvah? Says being happy every single second during the holiday of Sukkot. There's a mitzvah that says from the Torah, bechagecha ach sameach. And Rabbi Daniyaro used to take me to his Rosh Hashiva of Levaron. Used to take me to uh, to his Rebbe. I remember, I'll never forget. And I and I and I met him the first night of Sukkot, the first time in my life. And he tells me. Be happy with the What does it mean He says, even in the ach, you have to be sameach. Even the ach, even in the ach, you have to be sameach. And really, that's life, by the way. In the ach, in the in the hardships, in the hardships, where a person's feeling, oh, what's gonna be? What's going on? I don't know what's happening. My mind's confused. Be happy. Be happy. I'd like to say one pointer. Now it came to my head. And we said, it's over Shabbat, but I feel it's so important. Over the holiday we said this, but it's so important to say it again. We said over like this. There was a rabbi named Yerushua ben Levi. Shabbat had dreams and hopes to me 
no other than Eliyahu Hanavi. And he kept on fasting and praying to Hashem, Hashem, please, I want to meet Eliyahu Hanavi. The day came. And in the dream they told him, tomorrow you're going to meet Eliyahu. And we'll be Yeshua ben Levi. And all of a sudden he's excited. He's wearing the nice suit, the nice this, the nice that. He's greeting Eliyahu Navi. And Eliyahu he says, hello. And they're so excited. He says, I want to come with you. Where are we going? I want to take a trip with you. He says, you want to come? No problem. One condition. You're going to see things that is going to mess around with your brain. You're going to be like, what is going on? But, if you keep quiet, I'll take you. The second you ask me a question, I'm telling you from now, the trip is over. So, deal. Shake on it, shake on it, they go. So, they go visiting a poor man's house. They knock on his door. Said, we need some food! We're hungry! The poor man says, please come in! They set him over the crazy tablecloth. Food galore! And now the poor man says, let me show you my backyard. And he shows him his backyard, and he sees some roosters, and he sees that the guy has one big fat cow. And he says, what's that fat cow? This is my cow where I get all my milk from every day. And they're leaving the poor man's house. Eliyahu Navi turns up to Burelam, Burelam Hashem, please, I beg you, please. Kill the cow of this poor man. Boom. The cow has a heart attack and dies. And now Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi is, is looking. He's about to open up his mouth. What do you mean? He fed you. He gave you. You got to do something about it. This is how you treat him. This is how you pay him back. And he's about to say, why'd you do that? He holds his mouth tight and he says, Min shamayim. I can't say anything. I know the second I say, they go into the next house. Who was it? A very wealthy guy. They go into his house. They're thinking they're going to get lamb chops, this, that. The wealthy guy has the lamb chops. And he's like, listen, we have some vegetables if you want some potatoes, this, this, this. You can have some ketchup though. And he's looking at it. And Rabbi Shobelebi is like going wild, this guy. He's eating the steaks and the lamb chops and all the good stuff. And he's giving us the veggies. So, as they're leaving, the rich man walks Eliyahu and Rabbi Shobelebi out. And the rich man was very nasty to them. As they're walking out, they see a wall that's collapsing. And as you see the wall collapsing, oh my God, it's going to collapse. And the Yonabi turns up to Shemaim, Shemaim, please! I beg you, fix the wall! He fixes the wall, all of a sudden, chick-chack, he's up. And now he's going, he's going wild now. What do you mean, you're fixing this guy? This guy is the one that, 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 that. Come on! If anything, the wall should collapse! He's like, you got to be careful. They go to the one of the synagogues nearby. And at the synagogue, they don't get treated too well. One guy, they sit him all the way in the back, and they're all doing all these things. They're not treating him too well. He leaves the synagogue, and he says, Please, I beg you, 
Let every single one of these people in the synagogue be leaders. Now she says, what do you mean leaders? What do you mean leaders? You putting them leaders? He goes into the, he says, I can't say anything. I can't ask the second I ask him. He goes to the next synagogue, next shul. Next shul, they treat him like malachim, like kings. And he walks out of the synagogue in the shul and he says, Hashem, please make sure there's only one leader over here. And now he said, whoa, what is going on? I know I'm going to ask you, but I, I got to know what happened over here. This is awesome. You're asking me? That's it. No problem. Just explain. He said, okay, the first thing was the foreman with the cow. Now let me explain. With the foreman with the cow, it was decreed in Shemaim that his wife was going to die that night. And I saw the decree in Shemaim. Instead of the decree, she dying, the decree, the Gzerah went on the cow instead of his wife. Whoa! Then he says, you know that rich man didn't treat us well. Nasty guy. I said, what? His collapsing wall should stand still. Why? Why? Because he knew the second that wall will collapse, he's going to dig underneath. And he's going to find underneath he's really dug a deep, 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 big, big, big treasure. He said, he doesn't want the treasure. Make it. So now it's strong. It's not going to collapse. He's not going to dig underneath. And he's not going to get the treasure. He says, what about the shul? You made them all leaders. He says, you have to understand. When there's too many leaders involved, it falls. It's like you go on a ship and you have ten captains. One captain says, no, let's go this, this is the way. One captain says, this is the way. One captain says, this is the way. One captain says, this is the way. So what happens? The ship, every second is going this way, then going this way, going this way, then going this way. But if there's one captain... Hashem Jews drives away. He doesn't stand. If there's too many leaders, it's about to collapse. One leader, and drive shit. Excellent. Now my question to all of you is, I don't understand. Out of all the lessons that you could teach me, is that the main lesson that you're teaching him? What's the lesson here? What's the lesson? There's no more important lesson in life except this lesson. He could have taught him anything. The owner he could have taught him anything. Why do you choose this lesson? Huh? Oriyan, you have an answer? Why this lesson? You could have taught him anything. You know what the... Huh? No, yeah. I was going to say to show him how the wicked... Uh, oh, I hear the wicked, but that is the most important lesson in life? Or everything happens for a reason. I mean, is that the most important lesson in life? If I were to tell you, I'm going to give you the most important lesson in life, what would it be? So the time I'm going to tell you. A person in life needs to have one main ingredient to serve Hashem. You have to have this main ingredient to serve Hashem. What is it? You have to have a peace of mind. You have to have Yeshua Da'at. You know what Yeshua Da'at means? A peace of mind. How do you say, how do you say a peace of mind in Hebrew? Sechel. No, Sechel means, uh, some guys could have a messed up Sechel and some guys could have a good Sechel. Sechel means brain. Some guys' brains are messed up, some guys' brains are not messed up. Huh? Nachat is comfort. Menuchat nefesh. You have to have a sense, serenity. It has to have a Yeshua Da'at. That's what it is. It's called Yeshua Da'at. A peace of mind. Now, if a person doesn't have a peace of mind in his life, it's very hard for him to do Avodat Hashem. But if he has that 
emuna and bitachon and security that God will never let him down, then he could serve Hashem in the highest form ever. How do I know that? You know what the Gemara and Rosh Hashanah calls this month? What does it call this month? Anybody know? It's called Yerech Hayatani. The month, Yerech, Yerech is like the month, Yerech, Hayatani means of the strong ones. The Gemara Hashanah, it speaks about over there and says, these are the month where the strong ones were born. Who was born? Davot, Abraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov. The month of Rosh, the month of Tishrei. And who was the strongest one out of all? Etan HaAzrachi, the strong of Ezrachi. Gemara Babadra says, who was that? Abraham Mabinu. Comes from Desla and says, why Abraham? What happened? Why was Abraham picked to be the one that Etan HaAzrachi, the strong, strong, strong one? And he says like this. Desla brings down, he says, very simple. Abraham has his child at the age of a hundred. He has his chak and he's happy. And he's besimcha. And it says over there that Hashem promises so many things that's going to happen from Yitzchak, that from Yitzchak is going to have the whole nation of the Jewish people. From one, this child. You're going to guarantee that the Jews of Israel is going to be endless. And that was the only child that was going to have that promise, Yitzchak. Comes Yitzchak at the age of 37 and God tells him, we're going to kill him. He's going to go under his bayah. We're going to... Really didn't say kill him. He says he's going to put him on his bayah. And Abraham's mind, it's... He's going to be slaughtered. Yitzhak is going to be slaughtered. That's it. Think about what Abraham Avinu is going through. It takes him a hundred years to finally get a child. Finally gets it. Hashem promises, you're going to get this, 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 this. Comes 37 years later. Uh, sorry. Ain't happening. Because uh, we're going to have to put him on the Mitzbeach. <gasps> what does the Basuk say? By Yashkem Abraham Baboker. Usually when something's like this, Abraham was very wealthy. He could have told all his Antaraj, listen, set up the Mizbeach, take Yitzhak, I'll meet you there, I can't see my son going on this uh, uh, donkey all the way, I'll meet you there, I can't do it. No, 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 Abraham says, I'm going to do it myself. Nobody's going to help. And other things, what does it say? Vayashkem Abraham Baboket. What does that mean, Vayashkem Abraham Baboket? He woke up very early, right? You know what Rabbi Yaakov Galinsky says on this? He says something amazing. You know what I see from the fact that he woke up early? That he was able to sleep the night before. Imagine a guy, he has to slaughter his son, and he's sleeping the night before. Think about it, what's going on? Everybody learns. He woke up early. Wow. What, what, what a, what a, what a, what a enthusiastic for the mitzvah. And we're learning shot tonight from Yaakov Galinsky. It means that he was able to sleep the night before. How could he sleep the night before? Tell me, can somebody tell me over here? He's sleeping, he wakes up early, does his thing, there's that. How did he sleep? 
You know what the answer is? He had peace of mind. He knew God is a man. His love for Hashem was so great. The love of God within Abraham Avinu was so great. He says there's no... You ever hear that statement? Love is blind. You ever hear that one? No, Jack. Love is blind. You know when a guy is going out with a girl and people say, I don't know if she's so good, but he loves her so much that anything that anybody says about that girl... Says, hey, leave it alone. Hey, she's beautiful. Ah, this, ah, that. I'm telling you, what are you talking about? I know she did, did, did. He always thinking, oh, look, she's beautiful, and that's it. He doesn't care. The love that Abraham Avinu had for God was so great that it was blinded where I know God wants me to sacrifice my son the next day. The promises, no promises. Cheshbonot, no cheshbonot. He could have started calculating. And oh, it's impossible to be. What's going to happen with the promise that God told me about the 37? That from him is going to be all the, all the generation of Israel. It's impossible. It doesn't mean like that. It doesn't mean like this. It doesn't mean that. Abraham is so calm. And so with Yeshua Dad. And so with clarity that he's able to serve Hashem the best of his ability. He's able to perform 100%. You know, pilots, pilots, they have to sleep a certain amount of hours before they take that flight. You know that? If let's say, for example, one of the flights got delayed and it was in the air because of whatever, this, 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 the pilot on the plane will not be able to fly that flight, the next going out flight. Why he has to have a certain amount of hours of sleep. What does that show you? They even the 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 goyim, the, the the pilots. They understand you have to have a tranquility. You have to have that peace of mind. You have to have that rest. You have to have a person in life that's serving God. A person in life that wants to have true avodat Hashem. He has to know one thing. In my heart and in my whole being, I have that peace of mind. Hashem is with me. Everything is good. I have nothing to worry about. He is the driver. I am the passenger. He is taking me for the ride. And once I know Hashem is the one taking you for the ride, then automatically I know I'm in peace of mind. You understand what I'm trying to say? Everybody hears that clear? And now, Rabotai, we come to the answer of tonight. And that is, I'm going to tell you the answer. We asked in the middle, what's connection to Sukkot Yom Kippur right after bombarded with holidays. Today I took my kids about two, three hours on outing, whatever we're going to see. And we were waiting to go into a certain place. But it was full to the capacity and they had a line outside. You had to wait until a certain capacity left so you could come entering and we were there. As we're waiting online, outside, it started pouring rain. Pouring rain, about five minutes, like in the beginning, like, oh my goodness, eh, it's going to stop, it's going to stop. It's raining, it's raining, it's raining. After five, I'm going like this. and Five minutes later, the guy says, okay, everybody else can enter, everyone out there. After the trip, we come back, and... My asks the kids, so what was your favorite part of the trip today? And each kid is saying something else. There, like that, like that, da, da, da. 
One kid in the back says, I like those five minutes in the rain when we're waiting outside to get in. <laughs> and I'm turning, I look at him, like my back mirror, I'm like, what? Why'd you like that? And she was sincere. She really meant it. And she said, because daddy, the second we walked in doors, I felt so good. I appreciated what it means to be indoors. I appreciated what it meant to be, oh, I'm not drenched. I have shelter. So, wow. Wow. <laughs> She's trained good, huh? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's not the mother. She has a good mother, huh? Amazing thing. Let me define to you what Sukkot is. You ready? What is Sukkot? This is it. Sukkot is the time where even the Gemara in Mesechet Sukkah says there's a shitar, Beliezer, I believe. He says there's a mitzvah to eat seudah, chiyuvivin, 14 seudot, one in the morning, one at night, one in the morning, one at night. Rabotai, let me give you the answer with this following story. There was one, one, one guy, and he went to his Rebbe. He's excited, he's going to his Rebbe. And he's waiting online to see the Rebbe. He gets in. The Rebbe tells him, No, on a bracha, what do you, what do you want, what do you need? He says, no Rebbe, I need a tikkun. Tikkun? You need tikkun, he's giving like the tikkun korim, you know, something to, to read. What do you mean, what's tikkun, what do you, what do you need? And he says, I did a lot of averot. I did a lot of Averot, Rabbi. I need to wipe it clean. Help me how to do it. Help me. So I don't know what you did. He says, in 24 hours, I'll be back. He goes home. He sits down, takes a pen and a paper, and he starts writing the Averot that he did. This, 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 this. He goes to the Rabbi within 24 hours. And he shows him the paper. The Rebbe looks at all the, like this, this, this. He's like, oh, this is, a, you know, this is a lot, a lot of big tikkun. And he looks at his student, his Talmud, right in the face, and he says, listen, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you how it is right now. But, I'm going to tell you everything, what to do. But you have to follow it to the letter. Agree? Agree. Okay. So the rabbi takes a pen and a paper and starts writing his tikkun. This guy's getting nervous. He opens it up and he sees. For this week, every day, you're going to sit down and have a super fancy deluxe breakfast. You're going to have sunny side up and make sure it's like, you know, like the... Now it oozes out, you know what I'm talking about? Like, make sure it's like that. You know, he's telling you, he's writing you the thing. Fresh squeezed orange juice, nice, perfectly toasted bread, some butter, and he starts going. A chocolate <laughs> croissant, but not just regular. Now we're made in March, made with butter, nice chocolate croissant, and he's going at it. And he's, he's like, Rebbe, this is my tikkun? <laughs> no, I'm not done. And he starts reading it. And for dinner, you're going to have a massive nice lamb chops with a side of fingering potatoes with some toasted garlic and a nice 
slush pina colada, and he's telling him exactly like this, like that, and he gives him a whole menu of different meals. Morning like this, night at this, morning at Rabbi. He looks at him, I was the one that came for a tikkun, this is my tikkun. He said, no, I'm not done with it. And he starts writing. He says, Baruch Hashem, I'm friends. I have a lot of good friends. And this Rebbe is well connected with all the other big, big Chashuvi Rebbe's out there. And he says, I'm personally making phone calls and each night for dinner and for lunch, they're coming over to your house. And he's looking, he's like, this is mighty cool. Come on, this is mighty cool. Come on, Rabbi, who we playing? He says, listen, we had a deal. You follow it to the letter. Goes on. And he shows his wife. Ronnie, this is the best baby ever. I never saw a better ever. And first day, first night, opens up with a ball out breakfast, a ball out dinner. And he gets a knock on the door. Who is it? It's one of the biggest, biggest rebellion in the world. And he came. He's like, what do you mean, how'd you? He says, listen, Rabbi so-and-so sent me here. I'm coming. He came. And every day for seven days, it happened like that. And finally, after seven days, this guy goes back to his Rebbe. And his Rebbe says, did you follow everything to the letter? He said, yes. And his Talmud starts crying, bawling out, nonstop. So, his Rebbe looked at the Talmud and said, now you got your tikkun. He said, what? He says, now you got your tikkun. And the Rebbe looks at his Talmud and says, why are you crying? Tell me right now, why are you crying? And he says, I'll be honest with you. I knew what I did. I knew what I did this past year. And I'm sitting there eating my steak, the juicy steak. And I'm thinking, look what God gave me. And not only that, I'm with the most holiest guest that you sent. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. And then the next day I had to do the same thing. I had to eat a super fancy deluxe breakfast and I'm thinking as I'm eating and I'm drinking the orange juice, freshly squeezed orange juice. And this second holy rabbi that's in front of me. And I'm sitting there and I'm saying, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. How could I have done these sins? Hashem, you're doing so much good to me. You gave me so much barakah in my life. How can I do it? And then he went through every day and he says, Now you got it. That's Sukkot. That's exactly Sukkot. God says, be happy seven days. And guess what? I'm going to send you every day another Ushbizim. You have Abraham first night. You have second, first, second, Yitzchak. Then you have Yaakov coming to visit. Then Moshe, Aaron, Yosef, and David. Each one is a different night where Hashem sends them down to you and you're sitting in your sukkah and they say their first, which should even set a set, set seat special for the Ushpizin. And they say a person should invite the Ushpizin, should invite Abraham the first night and the first day. He should invite Yitzchak the first night and the first day. He should invite Yaakov. And have a separate seat for them. 
And then you're thinking in your mind, you're saying, oh my goodness, what am I, Hashem, you're giving me such a beautiful sukkah, beautiful food, and a, an amazing guest to come visit me. Who am I? And then Hashem says, no, I'm not going to stop there. Guess what? You know the schach on top? You know what it's called? It's called Selah de Mehemnuta, the shade of Emunah. You know what that is? That's the Kalfeshigrah, the wings of the Shekinah that's on top of you as well. And then he said to himself, the wings of the Shekinah is on top of me. What does it want from me? And then he said, oh my goodness, what about Achad that God loves me so much to send me all this? And you say to yourself, what? How did I ever rebel against God? How did I ever go against him for one sin after everything he gave me such blessing? How? And then the tshuva from love starts popping out of your brains. Starts popping out of your heart and you say, Hashem, I love you. I'm, I'm not coming back to you and I don't regret my sins because I'm scared of punishment. No. I regret my sins so badly, I'll never do it again because the blessings that you gave me, because the love that you gave me. And that is Sukkot.